Welcome to Q&A, a deeper dive with Sam Holm and other guests as we dig deeper into the sermon content each week. Welcome back to A Deeper Dive. I'm Mark Presley, and I'm sitting here with Sam Holm, and we took a little bit of a break. If you're listening to these back-to-back, you wouldn't know that, but uh, we took a break over Christmas season as we walked through the book of John, and those sermons, like all the sermons, are at firstmckinney.com slash on-demand. Now, the purpose of this uh, podcast is kind of go a little bit deeper on uh, stuff we're dealing with at the church, uh, sermons we're talking through, all that kind of stuff, but welcome back, Sam. Thank you. It's good to be back. I enjoyed Christmas, and uh, yeah, I'm ready to to dive back in in a little deeper. Now, again, uh, if you're new to this or you're just joining us because the new year, all that, we're recording this the 1st of January, you can uh, submit a question, question to 96123. Just text 96123 and put the word question in there. You'll get a prompt, and you just Put a response back to the question. We'll t- try to deal with those as we go forward. Now, we started a new series, and we actually started January 1, but we started de- uh, getting deeper into it uh, this past week, uh, and it's the book of Mark, one of my favorite. It's a great, great book. It has a great title, it, you know? Yeah, that's right, Mark. You like Mark, I guess. That Yes. We did think it'd be funny. We were talking about it in the booth on Sunday. If, as you were uh, saying the gospel according to Mark, that someone comes up, name Mark, Mark Fansler, me, uh, several other Marks in the church, that they step up and they start reading the scripture <laughs> each week. But we're going to be in the book of Mark from now until about Easter. Uh, we're looking at about a chapter a week. Our reading plan, also, firstmckinney.com slash Bible has a reading plan. It starts January 1, but you can jump in anytime. We're walking through the book of Mark on that also. Yes. And the, the reading plan really lines up uh, on purpose with the sermons. Now, we're not going to hit a chapter a week. What we're going to do is take that chapter and look at a couple verses in the chapter as we go through. But we were in Mark 1, again, for the prayer Sunday on January 1, and then this past week we were in Mark 1. But why don't you kind of summarize what you talked about Sunday, and if you want to, you can even take talk about where we're going in Mark and, and kind of update everybody. Yeah, I'm excited for us to walk through this together as a church. As you read it at home, uh, we've had over 400 actually sign up for the texting uh, version of the plan, and I know others are doing it through version or have downloaded it. And so a lot of different ways you can get into reading Scripture. The most important thing that we can do, I think, as a church is to point you to Christ. And one of the most important ways to point you to Christ is to get you in your own life reading, reflecting on Scripture that exalts Christ. And so yeah, we're going to we're going to be walking through the gospel of Mark and we'll get to see him lead us to the cross, his uh, death and resurrection and that'll happen at Easter. And then after Easter we're going to be in Daniel. As Mark starts, we need to get a guy named Daniel on this podcast so then it would then we'd have Mark fit. and yeah. Daniel. Yeah. That, that, see? If your name is Daniel, text question 96123 and let us know. I'll have to change the fall series to 1st and 2nd Samuel and then we would be all, all the way. Can we call it just Sam then? Well, because, is your official name Samuel? Uh, or is my, it just Sam? Uh, official's a neat way of saying well, it. But my yeah, mom would always given, say your graduation name, there, like yes. what they call it, graduation. Samuel Frederick, not just Frederick, Frederick. Holm. Frederick. There's I, an I extra misspelled it all the way through there. high school. I did not know it was Frederick. I thought it was just Frederick. So anyway, 
Yes, uh, Samuel Frederick Holm is my full name. Sounds like something like from the Patriot movie or something like that. Like you <laughs> fought in the Revolutionary War. Clearly. And Mark, your middle name is? Whitehead. Whitehead. Mark Whitehead Presley II, or Junior. I've been Junior, but now that Champ is born, he's Mark Whitehead. Well, he's embarrassed to say it, but Mark Whitehead Presley III. But I met someone the other day that was the sixth. Really? Yes, they were the six. It, it's uh, one of my son's coaches at uh, Evans Middle School. And, uh, well, I won't say his name, but he was he's the sixth. Now we've learned so much about naming. And speaking of names, Mark, the gospel writer, uh, we, we know from early church history it was a uniform, like everyone agreed that the one who wrote this gospel was the Mark we read about in Acts, who had traveled with Paul and also had traveled with Peter and was close friends with Peter. And so Peter was the source for Mark and his gospel writing, you actually gave me an article this last week comparing it to Sports Center highlights. It's it's very fast paced. It's uh it skips some of what Jesus teaches us and and it teaches us and focuses on what Jesus does. And it says immediately and immediately and immediately. So even in chapter one, we we see a fast forward version of the early part of Jesus's life. And Mark tells us it's a gospel. And so we ask on Sunday, what is the gospel. Uh, how do we know that the gospel we're preaching is the gospel that Mark writes about and that Jesus actually preaches? And so he uses that word gospel in verse 1, and he tells us is about Jesus, is what his letter's all about, the Christ, the Son of God, and then it goes on. Jesus comes proclaiming the gospel in verse 14, saying the time is fulfilled, the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe the gospel. And so then we just dug into those verses and we said, what, what is the gospel? And so that's, that's what led us to the outline that there is a real king and a real kingdom. He is Jesus, the Christ is the king, right? The Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. Uh, in his love and by his grace, Jesus lived a perfect life, died in our place, and rose again. So how do we respond? Well, he says, Jesus, as he's preaching the gospel, repent and believe. And then a few verse late, verses later, he's using the words, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So we then said, repent, believe, and follow Jesus and be part of his kingdom now and forever. So that's what we, we touched on on Sunday, trying to, to, to see as we jump into this gospel, what is the gospel? And we'll be looking at next week, Mark 2, Mark uh, 3, and it just so on and so on. So you can follow along. And again, he mentioned a little bit earlier that reading plan. I know I mentioned it too, firstmckinney.com slash Bible. I believe if you text, if you're into, again, text question 96123, you could text Bible to 96123, and you'll get on that Bible reading plan where you get daily text. Uh, occasionally, a, a video of Sam comes through. So if you've just been listening to us, you can see what he looks like with his little ring light on and all that going, but I won't make fun of you for that. But uh, uh, I did, you said that article, it was kind of a, I've read Mark a couple times, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, um, yeah, it's one of my favorite books for some odd reason, yeah. as we made fun of it. But uh, the writer of that article was talking about, you can go to a baseball game, mm -hmm. you know, very energetic game, uh, and there's one home run or something like that. You watch Sports Center, and they'll make it the most exciting game ever with that home run, and that's kind of what the version of Mark is for the Gospels. But what other things kind of make this 
gospel because there's the four gospels: Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Yep. Um, what makes Mark a little bit different than the others? So uh, we've both mentioned how it's abbreviated and highlighted. It's also more blunt. Like he he uses language in Mark that uh, the other gospel writers we think because they used Mark. If you do source criticism, most say Mark was probably the earliest gospel written because. Matthew and Luke have different accounts telling the same stories that actually use the exact same words, not just two words in a row, but like verses back to back to back. So we know that there was a source that was out there that they shared together as they were giving this account, which still happens today as you write historic accounts like you would give your own words and then you would maybe quote another source we think Mark was the earliest because of his blunt language. It's also unique in that it focuses more on Peter than the other ones, and there's a reason for that because Peter's Mark's source uh, as he traveled with him and knew him, and who was named initially Simon uh, Andrew was his and yeah, Andrew brother. is recording for us. So Andrew's see, we just brought everybody. Yeah, to the table. we did. So I had to, we talked about our names. Andrew's helping record our, our stuff right now, and Andrew was the brother of Simon, who Jesus gave the name. Peter. Uh, so yeah, it's fast-paced. It doesn't have the, the story of Jesus' birth. It's one, another one of the reasons people think it was the first one written, because if another gospel account was written first that was telling first the story of his birth, then when Mark was writing, he probably would have, oh, well, I should probably talk about that and give a brief version. He doesn't, because he's writing about Jesus' ministry. So, Okay, so you, you mentioned gospel, and we got a few questions here to work through. Uh, we'd love more questions from you guys, but uh, Sam and I kind of talked through some of these questions, but you mentioned in your sermon, and let's hit this one brief so we can hit some of the other ones, but you mentioned prosperity gospel. Now, many people don't know what that is. Uh, it is a term thrown around in Christian circles, but maybe kind of define that for us. And then, uh, or social justice gospel was another one I think you mentioned in your sermon. Um what do you think is the primary false gospel? So kind of in McKinney. Yeah. So kind of define those and then tell us what in McKinney you think the primary false gospel is. Yeah. Why would we have a sermon right about the gospel in our church? Well, hopefully every week we're preaching the gospel. But there are a lot of different, when, when we say the word gospel, uh, again, the word gospel comes from the word euangelion, that meant good news. There was a messenger that would show up and herald, there's a new king, a new kingdom. That's how they would get the news, right? They didn't have a TV or internet. Um, a the, harbinger. It, yeah, there you go. That's one of my favorite words. Uh, dude, you're getting all your favorite words. Well, in was, today. Uh, my roommates had a band in college called the Harbingers. Okay. So little little <laughs> fact there. But I did not stay with me. But someone who heralds the good news, yes. the gospel. So in in our world today, uh, the prosperity gospel you mentioned is a gospel that some will teach that say, hey, what God wants for you is to give to God, and when you give to God, He's going to give back to you. Uh, you're going to be more successful the more you give. And there's some teaching in the Bible that would show us that's true. Like uh, there's one place where God invites us to test Him. Test me in this. Like open the storehouses. Or, uh, I'm going to open up the, my, my storehouses if you will give to me. Uh, there's this, the teaching of sower in the seed, right, in Scripture. The more you sow, the more you'll reap. And so some have taken that and they've said this is really the primary message. This is the good news that God has for us. Um, no, that's not all God has for us. In fact, I would say actually God wants to 
give you greater satisfaction and success than that actually would even lead you to, right? The social justice gospel uh, comes from doing good for other people, and if uh, we're supposed to do good for the poor and for the outcast and for uh, something right now that the, the, in the United States specifically, there's a lot of people that have gravitated towards that teaching, even apart from the Bible, right? Uh, and is that in the Bible? Yes, it's more in the Bible than it is even in our culture and on a deeper level in a way that would be crazy sacrificial that we see Jesus do for us who are the really the poor ones in Scripture, the needy in, in our own lives. So, uh, but is that all that the Bible is about? Uh, no, it's more than just about doing good for other people. Like, it's, it's about what God has done for us through His Son, Jesus Christ, and that He is King, He is Lord. And so... Just to point out, I know I'm interrupting you, but both of those definitions you gave were about us doing. Right, yep, absolutely. And then at the end, you said Christ is done. Yes. But both were about us doing, doing social justice, doing uh, blessings, uh, trying to... Uh, give things to God so he'll give back to us. Both were about us doing. Yeah, and so I would say all false gospels have some aspect of that. Now, I would also asterisk that, yeah, it's not what we do. That wouldn't be good news. That would be good advice, right? The, the gospel is not primarily telling you to do something. Now, the flip side of that, I do think that there is a false gospel that comes into the church that will say, hey, as long as you have said some prayer, uh, which again is saying it's, it points back often to a religious ritual of some kind that you've walked through or you've said words or whatever, you don't need to worry. Your life doesn't need to look any different uh, as, as, as long as you have intellectually in your mind thought, yes, I think there was a historic Jesus, then you're in heaven. That's also not what the Bible tells us, right? It says there's a turning that happens in our life. Uh, the word repent will show up multiple times in Mark. It shows up a lot in Mark. And in Acts, the word repent, there's a turn in our lives from our way of doing things, our sin, to God and His way of doing things, His love for us. And then You he, illustrated it in your sermon you're walking one way on the stage, and you literally turned around and came the other way. Yes, yes. So it, grace is not grace if it's earned, right? Grace is truly one-way love to us. But when we truly experience the grace of God, if we believe in Him, for, for the Hebrew mind, it was very concrete, right? Uh, that Now I am going that direction. That is what I trust. That is what my life is based on, right? And so uh, I do believe uh, there's a book that I'm reading actually informed a lot of what I preached this week. Uh, it's called The Discipleship Gospel, which I don't like the title of it because it sounds like to me another like prosperity gospel or whatever. But it's showing how throughout Scripture, when the true gospel was preached, it led people to either follow him or rebel against him, right? Uh, and so in, in our own lives, I think it's important. The gospel we preach, this is a quote from him uh, in the, the discipleship gospel, Bill Hull, the author, the gospel we preach will determine the disciples we make. If we, we tell someone, no, all that you have to do is walk an aisle, again, notice we're saying that's what you're doing. No, if you really believe Jesus has given his all for you, there, the, Paul will say it this way, Christ's love then controls us, it compels us, different translation, to repent and to follow him. 
So let me ask it this way. Almost if, if someone in the past has walked that aisle uh, or said the prayer, you know, those kind of things, uh, raise your hand at VBS and said yep. the prayer. Those are more symbolic. Yes. But it's really what's taking place behind the scenes in your, in your life, in your soul, turning around to God. Correct. I just yes. want I want to help you clarify that just for someone listening that it wasn't bad that you walked an aisle it wasn't helpful bad, thank you but the real gospel is making that turn that life change that takes place in your life yeah and what you can't do it's a work of the holy spirit in your life in response to the grace the love that god has for you you can't do that on your own but when you really do encounter the the grace of jesus right when you when you are able to say yes there is a real king a real kingdom his name is jesus that that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. And in his love and by his grace, not what I did, right? He came and lived a perfect life. He died in my place for my sin, and he rose again. When you believe that, there is a repentance that happens in your life, a following that happens in your life. Well, and yeah. Jesus, to transition a little to one more question mm-hmm. before we go, yeah. um, Jesus was literally asking his disciples in the moment to follow him mm-hmm. by voice saying it. Yeah. Um, what do you think Jesus chose fishermen, why he chose fishermen to be his disciples instead of more educated alternatives? And then I want you to throw in kind of as, as we look towards the future, how discipleship, because you said the discipleship gospel, how discipleship fits in and how he discipled his disciples, and we should do that. Real complicated question there, but yeah. you just run with it. Absolutely. Uh, well, I, I do think, I mean, Jesus chose to be born in a manger, be a carpenter, to to call fishermen, uh, to talk about shepherds all the time, to to show us that, that, that there's not like you have to be elite to be in the kingdom of God, right? I also think even in this passage, as we dive deeper, uh, it shows us that they were not impoverished people. Like they have boats, they have nets. And then if you look at also verse 20, they had hired servants. Like the disciples had people, there are these disciples that he's calling here that were fishermen. Well, they, one was even a tax collector. Yeah, so. that's right. He was wealthy. Yeah. Uh, so, so it's not like they were the least and the last. Uh, education, I've heard people argue even specifically against that by saying, which by the way, I'm going to put an asterisk on this after I say it, that Jesus tried to tell his disciples to go to the, all the world and preach the gospel to all nations, and they didn't. And so then he had to come back and get Paul, who was maybe the most educated person in their culture. He had been taught at the feet of Gamaliel, like one of their famous, very educated rabbis. And then Paul's the one that went and did what, so I've, which, by the way, I disagree. He had told them to wait in Jerusalem. Uh, we have Mark in our hands because of Peter, who was a fisherman. So, I mean, God uses all people. He uses educated people. He uses uneducated people. So that's that's one of the reasons. Side, side note on this, like uh, as we move towards landing the plane, uh, the, the, the comment that's been brought up most to me since Sunday, uh, usually when people t- comment on my sermon, it's usually either to criticize or to compliment, but it was not that. And so this prompt prompted me. I I just said a question in both hours reading through the text, because when he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men, this is immediately they left their nets and followed him. And I made this question, uh, what is your net? And so I've had multiple people in our church say, hey, that has 
made me think about what is it God's calling me to leave right now, right? And so I think maybe another reason that that they're fishermen is like these guys were day-to-day manual laborers. <laughs> like they were, they were uh, again, they had, it looks like, hired hands, but they left that. They left that to follow Jesus. He, he truly became the priority in their life. Again, their real faith in, in him, not fully even understanding yet probably the fullness of who he was, led them to repent of what was going on in their life and to follow him in a radical, radical way. And maybe it was best to see that in the life of a fisherman. And maybe next week or the week after we can look at kind of sacrifice and what it means to leave something. And and maybe you're listening to this and God has sparked that in your life. Yeah. And you need to pray through that and see, because I think that's actually, we were talking about McKinney, talking about our culture, our area. Um, that's the hardest thing is when God calls us to stop something so he can start something in us. Absolutely. So um, I think it's about time for us to go. But I, I do, again, uh, I didn't say this at the first, but make sure you like, share, especially because we're starting this back up after Christmas season. Share this with other people. Let them know that what's happening in the Book of Mark. And as we look forward, I'm going to give you the last word. But again, if you want any of the sermons, firstmckinney.com slash demand. Bible reading is firstmckinney.com slash Bible. Or you can text Bible to 96123. And then if you have a question for us about something we said in this podcast or one of the upcoming sermons, uh, again, text the word question 96123 and kind of follow the prompts and it'll send it in to me and several others. And we uh, put those on this podcast. But I'll give you the last word as we go for the day, sir. Yeah, I can't wait genuinely to walk through Mark with y'all. Like it is radical to see what Jesus does not just what he teaches, the way he lives. And he's the primary example of human flourishing, God in the flesh, the way he lives. And then for us to ask the question, what would it look like, really, for us to follow him, right? Uh, Whatever you're doing today, wherever you are, follow Jesus. Thank you for joining us this week on Q&A at Deeper Dive. We hope you'll like, subscribe, and share this podcast along with others. You can submit your questions by texting question to 96123, and we'll discuss those each week. Again, thank you for joining us.